0: hey thanks for joining us here at the vineyard church podcast for more video messages and content make sure to visit our website vineyardwheeling.com or download our app there's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to god and help you connect with the church right now let's go to our next gen pastor myron jellison for this week's message well welcome uh hello everybody glad you're here uh glad you're watching whatever time of the day that you're tuning in. This is incredible. I'm so glad you're with us. And uh, man, uh, 2020, what a journey, right? What, what a year, like one for the books of like, we'll never forget what happened and transp- transpired this past year. And it's been an absolute journey. And there's a meme that's been going around that if, you, if, you, if you're in the memes or on social media and you see the memes, like you probably noticed some of these. And uh, these are some of the favorites that I've saw. I'm going to throw them up here for you. So the first meme, check this one out. Okay, Lunchables, how it started versus how it's going. Basically what happened here is the millennials who grew up on Lunchables now are young adults and they're making these fancy jacuterie boards with all these meats and cheeses and wine glasses. But I love Lunchables, like I'm a Lunchable for Life kind of guy. They are delicious. How it started versus how it's going now. The next one, throw it up there. Anybody ever been left unread on their text messages? Probably your kid maybe left you unread. Uh, You send them high or checking in on them and then you're waiting and then you know they saw it because the red bubble. They have seen it and they haven't got back to you. The next one here, if you're a dog lover, you'll enjoy this one love oh, Golden Retrievers. Like they're probably one of my favorite breed of dogs. How it started versus how it's going. And this one, I think, just really encapsulates 2020. Take a look. Happy 2020, how it started versus how is it going in December of 2020. Not so good. So I think when I look back on 2020, and some of us, if you're like me, you probably had this thought, New Year's resolution of like 2020 is going to be my year. It's going to be my year. We're closing out the teens, we're starting a new decade. I got a vision, I got a goal, I got a dream. I got I got amazing things coming for me in 2020. Here we Go Like some of you might be like, okay, he's finally going to propose to me. He's finally going to do it. I'm finally going to get the ring. We're finally going to get married. It's going to be amazing. Some of you might have had your wedding scheduled in 2020. The dream wedding, everything you have ever wanted uh, was going to happen in 2020. Maybe that job that you'd been desiring for a long time was finally available and you were the candidate and you were going to secure that job. Maybe it was a promotion and you're like, yes, finally the promotion that I've been working hard for was going to happen in 2020 maybe you've been trying to get pregnant for a while and, and you're like 2020 is the year I know it. we're just going to get pregnant in 2020 or we're going to buy a house or maybe you were like on the fitness crave of, I'm finally going to shed those 25 pounds I've been trying to shed for a long time 2020's my year I'm ready new decade and then we go through 2020 and we look at it and maybe you're still single your dream wedding got canceled or postponed, or maybe you had to restructure it and, and downsize it to just a smaller gathering. The job that was available is no longer there. Maybe you even lost your job. The promotion out the window because the company had to lay off a bunch of people and make cuts because of the economic impact. You're probably, maybe you're still not pregnant or you're afraid to get pregnant right now because of COVID, you're just uncertain. You didn't buy the house because of financial situations. And let's be real about our health. We probably didn't shed 25. We got the COVID quarantine 25. We probably put on a little bit of weight this year. And so it's been a crazy journey. It's been a crazy season. And now we're approaching Christmas, what I'm calling crazy COVID Christmas. Like it's coming. We've probably had a vision and expectation of tradition and what we're going to do and what this time's all about. And we've been so psyched for it. But now reality's starting to set in a little bit of hey, maybe it, it's probably not going to be like what we've wanted or what we've expected or what we would love for it to be like, just like our whole entire year hasn't probably planned, uh, um, panned out the way in which we have anticipated or desired for it to. And so I want to have a conversation about how we can navigate crazy COVID Christmas, because let's be real. We're not sure if we should travel or we shouldn't travel. Should we go to grandma's house? Should we not go to grandma's house? And some family members are on opposite spectrums of like, what are we supposed to do? How are we going to celebrate Christmas the way that we want to celebrate Christmas? And that might be a blessing for some of us. Like, okay, Aunt Karen's not going to come, so I won't hear her political beliefs. This will be great. And that might be a blessing, but it's frustrating for us. And we just don't know. And we just don't, uh, we can't really see how we're going to celebrate Christmas this year the way in which we've always wanted to celebrate Christmas. And what I want to do for the time that we have, I want to look at the entire Christmas story. I want, to look at, I want to look at the time before, leading up to, and the actual birth of. And then I'm going to give a quick little summary of the life just after and give us this big synopsis the best I possibly can for you to see just how crazy everything was leading up to and the actual count of the birth of Jesus, which is why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. And your job or my, my, my uh, ask for you is that you would read four chapters of the Bible before Christmas. I know that sounds like, oh, my gosh, that's a ton. It'll take you 10 minutes. I promise. Take you 10 minutes. Read these four chapters. And they're the, they're the four chapters that cover the account of Jesus' birth, of why Christmas even exists. And it's Matthew chapter 1 and 2. And the book of Luke, chapter 1 and 2. Those are, the, those are two of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four books of the Bible, the Gospels. Matthew 1 and 2, Luke 1 and 2, read it. I'm going to summarize it as best as I can. And I want us to see and have a perspective of just how crazy it was leading up to and the birth of Jesus, our Savior. So I want to start with Zachariah and Elizabeth. Okay, Zachariah and Elizabeth are John the Baptist's parents. John the Baptist was the prophet, the guy who was going to pave the way for Jesus' ministry. The one that was going to point the way say, hey, the Messiah is coming. Get ready. Like informing the world. Get ready. He's about to come. And what happened is Zachariah was a priest. And he was going, he got selected to go and do the ceremonial ritual in, in, in the temple. And he was there and he had a supernatural encounter with an angel. And every time an angel shows up, freaks people out. The angel's like, hold up, it's okay, don't be afraid. But I got good news for you, Zachariah. You and your wife, Elizabeth, have been trying to have a kid your entire marriage. And now Elizabeth is older and probably past her childbearing years and you guys think it's over, but you've still been praying and been faithful in that of asking for a child. The angel says, Zachariah, you are gonna have a child now. And Zachariah had a little bit of doubt. He didn't quite believe it completely. And because of that, he became mute, unable to talk. Until John the Baptist was born. So Elizabeth becomes pregnant. John, or uh, Zachariah cannot talk. Could you imagine that? Like a pregnancy where the husband can't talk. Where like the communication is maybe the most important tool in a marriage. And it can't happen during a pregnancy. That is not how Zachariah and Elizabeth would have wanted their child to be brought their pregnancy journey. No one would, would want that. Disruptive to say the least, not in their expectation or their dream of what they would have wanted to happen. That's crazy. Another layer on that is Zachariah is mute, but Elizabeth, back in that time, women were not educated. So she probably wouldn't be able to write So they couldn't even pass notes in communication. It was probably sign language and trying to figure out their own little language of how they could communicate with one another. That would be stressful, scary, frustrating, disruptive, and not how they would have wanted their journey of pregnancy and bringing their child into the world. It doesn't doesn't stop there. So then Mary is going to have an encounter with an angel like a few months later. An angel shows up to Mary and says, Mary, don't be afraid. Hold up. But listen. Listen. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you are going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit supernaturally, and you're going to carry the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God, the one who's going to save the people from their sins. Could you imagine how terrifying? Ladies, think about it, how terrifying that responsibility is, and how scared she would be, and how uncertain she would be of how this actually going to happen, how's it going to play out? Like just fear and anxiety and worry and everything that comes with that kind of responsibility. Crazy, not the way in which she would want to bring a child into this world, I'm sure. And Joseph, her betrothed, which is basically her fiance, the one she's going to be marrying soon, finds out she's pregnant. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm out. You cheated on me. Like, I'm gone. See you. And Joseph was a man of character. And he's like, I'm not going to do it publicly. I'm going to do it privately because I love you. And I'm going to do it quietly, not to dishonor you. But I'm out. Could you imagine that? Like if you were engaged to a woman and she's saying to you, I didn't cheat on you. God did this. How crazy would that be? How disruptive would that be? And Joseph had an encounter with an angel and the angel said, Joseph, she's telling the truth. Do not be afraid to take her as as your wife and bring Jesus, my son, into the world. And so Joseph, what he he did, he did the hard thing. He said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And Joseph's name and reputation was on the line because Mary would have been labeled an adulterer. Could you imagine the culture and the community thinking, yeah, right. You two are like just got hot for each other and made a mistake. And now you're trying to cover it up saying God did that. Yeah, right. So now their reputation is on the line in this. It's crazy. It's frustrating. It's not the way in which they would have wanted their marriage to begin or their engagement to even go. It's wild. And then another layer of complexity and chaos gets added. When Mary's in the late term of her pregnancy, a decree comes out from the government saying, okay, everyone has to go get taxed. Basically, it was a way for them to count and do a census, but they had to go pay a tax, And they had to do this from the city in which the the family line was from. So Joseph's family line was from Bethlehem. And they're in Nazareth at this moment. And they got to travel to Bethlehem to pay a tax that they don't have any representation in. They don't even live there. Like that's crazy. Government overreaching and putting some crazy restrictions on them. That's crazy. It's wild. And then here's the the route. I want to show you this. Theologians and experts say there's possible two routes. The black line is through the mountain range, a little more strenuous and elevation changes, and they would say that's probably not the way you'd want to take a, a pregnant woman on a donkey through. So the more ex- uh, plausible explanation is they would go down the Jordan Valley uh, river and come down that way, but that's a desert. Like there would have been storms and sand and wind. And it would not have been an easy journey to take an eight-month pregnant woman on the back of a donkey by foot and travel 90 miles. Experts would say that people back then could probably travel 20 miles a day. But conservatively with a pregnant woman on the back of a donkey, probably 10 miles a day. So you're looking at minimal nine days. They say anywhere from 10 to 14 days journey on foot walking through, walking through on the trails. They didn't have roads, they didn't have taxis, they didn't have Ubers. They're literally walking. And they didn't have Airbnb or hotels. They would have to knock on strangers doors and say, hey, can we stay here? And that was normalized in their culture of being hospitable that you would, you would house travelers and feed them and feed their animals and give their animals water. That was customary back then. But that's just awkward. <laughs> like that's just crazy. That's not normal. That's not the way in which she wants to spend the last month of her pregnancy, I'm sure. On a 90-mile journey to Bethlehem to pay a tax that they don't even live there and have representation in. It's wild. Then they get to Bethlehem. And there's no relatives there for them to stay with. Seems like kind of maybe our COVID. We might not be able to spend our Christmas with our family. They didn't either. They didn't have anybody there. So you know what? They go to the hotel, they go to the inn. They say, hey, can we get a room? And they're like, we're full because we're operating at 25% capacity because there's a virus. So you got to sleep out here in this shed. So they go to this little lean to maybe stable thing where the, where the animals could, could shelter during the night for the people staying in the hotel. And that is where she would give birth to Jesus. God's son, the Messiah, the savior of the world. How crazy is all of that leading up to that moment? Not the way you and I would write it. We'd write it in a palace with luxury and fluff and beautiful. We would never even begin to imagine that this kind of crazy would produce the miracle of a Savior. It's wild. It's crazy. So maybe this Christmas, as crazy as our year's been, as crazy as our Christmas can be this year, maybe God wants to do something in your crazy to remind you of the miracle that he did through that crazy of God leaving the comfort of heaven, grace intersecting our world, unconditional love available to all of us, forgiveness to where we don't have to pay for our sin anymore. That gift is offered through this crazy it came. And maybe through your crazy, God wants to do something profound in your life this year or closing out this year in this Christmas season. That we would focus back in and we would realize the significance of that moment in Christmas and the implications for your and I lives. And how amazing it is. But how crazy it was leading up to it. And here's what I know to be true. God shows up in the crazy. He shows up in your crazy. And if you don't believe me, talk to Christians. And say, tell me about your life. Tell me about your story. And I guarantee moment after moment, story after story, they'll say the times and when my faith increased the most was just after a hardship, a trial, or a chaotic moment in my life. God shows up in the crazy. He shows up in your crazy and he wants to do something profound and and a miracle or a breakthrough in your life. But it wouldn't have been possible without the crazy. So maybe we wouldn't look back on 2020 and be bummed out and like, man, I wish I could just forget it. We would look back and reflect and say, God, this Christmas, I want to reflect on you and the miracle that you are through the crazy of that first Christmas. And say, God, do something amazing in my life this Christmas Coming through my crazy. And get back to a simpler Christmas. And I have a couple things that I want to encourage us with as we do kind of navigate this season. And, and just a couple things to encourage us is, number one, this, this idea of don't let culture ruin your Christmas. What I mean by that, our culture is crazy right now. The influence, the direction, the misinformation. We don't know what is true. We don't know what is right. And we're in this chaotic, like, what do we do? Should we travel? Should we not? Should we visit? Do we wear a mask? Do we not? Like that craziness. And the culture's pushing that. And we're just in this confusing part. But don't let that ruin your Christmas. Don't let that rob you of what Christmas should be about. And let's, like, this is the one thing that bothers me the most. is there's this, there's this, The culture is, like, shaming us. Especially as Christians, I feel like, they're shaming us. Of like, I, I go out in public with my kids and I'm like, don't touch nothing. Like, don't touch anybody. Don't even get close to anybody. Like, if you do, people are going to look at me with like judgment eyes and like, like shame me. Or, or I'm out in public and I got a sniffle. And I'm like, don't look at me. Like, I don't want anybody to see me. Or I cough. Like, try to suppress my cough as, as best as I possibly can. Because I'm like, pitchforks are coming. Somebody hears me cough, they're running me out. Like, we're shaming people. Like, the culture is shaming. And what I don't want to happen for us is that culture shames us and guilts us in a way in which it robs us of our ability to celebrate maybe the most joyful, amazing time of year, the birth of our Savior. Don't let culture rob you and ruin your Christmas. Don't let commercialism rob you of Christmas. Feeling like you got to buy the best gifts and you got to decorate the house to the nines. got to impress people with this and that and this. You know, I call it the new OCD. Right? It's not obsessive compulsive disorder. Today it's called obsessive comparison disorder. That's the new OCD. And, it's, and it's, social media is a huge influencer in that. But really, really I catch myself doing this too. Subconsciously without me even realizing it, I'm comparing all the time. All the time. My life to their life, their things to my things, my kids to their kids, my job to their job, income, my income. Like I am constantly in this comparison mindset even when I'm not aware of it. And so don't let that rob you of Christmas. Don't let culture sway you in a way in which that ruins your ability to truly reflect and remember and let God do something profound through your crazy this past year. I'll say it this way too. You might like this don't let Christmas or don't let culture cancel your Christmas. Culture likes to cancel a lot of things right now. And I think as Christians, they want to cancel us. They want to silence us. They don't want us to be able to have our freedom that way. And my encouragement to us is do not let that happen. And I'm not saying don't let them cancel your gathering and that's up to you and all that stuff and the shaming, but I don't mean that. I mean why you celebrate and reflect and remember this time. Do not let them, culture, rob you of what this time should be all about. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In this season, don't let culture sweep you with the tidal wave of what they're saying, what they're trying to get you to believe, manipulation, misinformation from both sides, but by the renewing of your mind. Let the Holy Spirit, we just came out of that spirit spirit realm series, talking about the Holy Spirit as a person who wants to transform you from the inside out. That's the renewing of your mind. Inviting him in and having an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit so that your thoughts are his thoughts. Your feelings are the feelings of God and having his heart posture. And you don't get swept up in culture and the pattern of going with the flow of what's just happening. But you can stop and think for yourself and process with a renewed mind of what is true, what is right. Lord, lead me. Show me and guide me and don't just get caught up in culture. The second thing that I want to encourage us with is don't let fear or frustration steal your joy. Don't let fear or frustration steal your joy. Christmas should be the most wonderful, the most joyful time of year. But when things get crazy, when things get hard, when things get confusing and and uncertainty is plaguing us, I think we tend to go to two places. We become fearful or we just become frustrated. And I think what's happening with, with the pandemic is we, we live in these kind of two camps and maybe we swing back and forth between them. And I just want to go back to think about Zachariah and Elizabeth. I'm sure there were moments when they were freaking out and afraid. And then moments when they were frustrated because they couldn't communicate. They didn't, they didn't know how to talk to each other. Then Mary and Joseph, I'm sure they were freaking out and afraid at moments. And then they were frustrated and confused and like, I don't know what to do. Craziness can push us in these two directions. And if you land in the, in the, in the, in the fear side, and maybe that's what you're navigating right now. I want to encourage you with 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives up here. You know what the perfect love is? It's God leaving heaven and coming as a son, for God, or as as a, as a human in the form of Jesus. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He so loved us unconditionally, without requirements. You can't earn it. You should. You don't even deserve it. But He gives it to us freely. That's the perfect love that is available to you and I with a personal relationship with Jesus. And if we focus on that this Christmas, my hope and my prayer is that it will drive out your fear. That's the promise here. It will drive out your fear. You do not have to be afraid of anything. You can live free from the paralyzing fear and uncertainty and not knowing what is true, what is right. Renew your mind with the Holy Spirit and don't just fall prey to the culture and they'll ruin your Christmas. Second area is frustration. Some of us are navigating the fear, and some of us are in the frustration where we're we're not really, we, we're not necessarily frustrated with the other people who are fearful. We're more frustrated with that's the way it is. Like, why is this the reality? Like, how did this even happen? And we're just mad and we just don't know what to do. Like, like we're not afraid, we're trying to be cautious and considerate, but ah, I just don't know what to do. And we're frustrated. And that battle of fear and frustration of of what is right, what is true, starts in the mind. Starts in your mind. And 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says this. This is how we we navigate this battle in our mind. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We demolish, we blow up. Set some TNT to it. Blow it up every argument from both sides, every bit of information that we are consuming, every article, podcast, news source, whatever, every, every ideology and philosophy that exists and we consume, we should not hide under a rock, stay informed. But when we're, when we're consuming that, we run it through the filter of Christ. We run it through the knowledge of God, his word, the Bible, what he has to say about it and what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal and teach us in that moment. That we lean not on our own understanding. But we, we lean on God. We trust Jesus. And we trust the Holy Spirit to say, give me your thoughts. Give me your heart. Give me your grace. Give me your forgiveness. Give me your passion. Help me meet people where they are. Help me to understand. And not just go with what I'm comfortable with. Or what my preference is. But that I would really step back. And not live in fear or frustration, and take every argument, every pretension, every philosophy, ideology, and run it through God's Word, His truth, and the Holy Spirit, what He's saying to you. And my hope is that fear and frustration, we can live in the middle, and we can approach one another with the Christmas Spirit. The Christmas Spirit is the perfect love, drives out fear, unconditional love, grace and forgiveness and love that we can't even begin to imagine is available to us because God left the comfort of heaven through the crazy to do a miracle something so profound that changes our lives forever if we will lean in and follow Jesus with everything that would give him our entire life completely surrender to him and I hope that's what this Christmas is for you a time for you to reflect and remember cherish that and what it is represents and means in your life meet people where they are in their fear and in their frustration try to understand and love them love them extend grace to them extend forgiveness to them and love them above all else do not let christmas can or don't let culture cancel your christmas don't let it rob you of the joy that you should have this christmas season and i don't know what it looks like for you But my hope is no matter what it looks like for you, if you're alone by yourself, that you would throw a party for Jesus, just party one for Jesus, and it would be amazing, and God would do something incredible in your heart and in your mind for the future. He would grow your faith in a way in which you can't even begin to imagine or explain. And if it is your normal every every year Christmas, nothing's changed for you, focus on the reason why you're gathering still, and don't lose sight of it. Let's make this crazy COVID Christmas just an incredible Christmas of God doing a miracle and a breakthrough in your life. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I am so grateful and thankful that you arrived on earth with a purpose and an intention to save all of us by dying on the cross in our place. And I pray that this Christmas, outside the gifts and the family and the gatherings and the traditions... God, you would show up in a way just to remind us and sink that deeper into our heart and into our mind. And that the gospel would be alive in our hearts and in our minds this Christmas as we celebrate, reflect, and remember. And God, through our crazy, whatever our crazy has been, I pray that you would let us look back and see your hand on our life through this past year. And that you are working and transforming us from the inside out and doing something profound and a miracle and a breakthrough for us that is only explainable by your hand and your provision, your goodness, your love for us. And I pray that Christmas would not be robbed, stolen from us and we would cherish it and we would seek you, lean into you more now than ever. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.